0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to, do you believe it, episode 150 of What's for Dinner. Oh, my God. 150 episodes. I it's, uh, b- Thank you, by the way, for all of the uh, loyal listeners, been, uh, some of whom have been here from the beginning. So I really do appreciate that this podcast is more of a passion project than anything. and It really means a lot that uh, there are uh, friends and supporters out there who really enjoy the show. And I'm sure you're going to enjoy this show. Uh, today, I'm back on the Norwegian Getaway interviewing um, a mentalist named Sean Paul. He's part of the Illusionarium show. He's a fantastic performer, fantastic act, and I had a good time talking to him. We talked a little about um, his show, how he gets started, um, how he deals with uh, shitty crowds, which is something I can relate to as well, Uh, his partner, Juliana, and a uh, project that they have, a show that they have, excuse me, called Intrigue Theater, which um, they perform uh, regularly when they're not on the ships. And for those who want to see me perform regularly, ha, 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 ha. like that for a plug. Get some cool dates. Tonight, the 14th, if you happen to be in the Bay Area, I'll be performing at uh, Mill Valley at the Brock and Watt Theater, one of my favorite, favorite rooms to play. And then this weekend, the 17th and 18th, I'll be at Claremont, in Claremont, at Flapper's Comedy Club. And hey, Allison is going to be there, too. She's hosting the show, so you get to see both of us. And uh, next week, excuse me, next week on the 22nd, I'll be at Flapper's in Burbank. And I believe, don't quote me, but I think Dana Carvey will be at the uh, club that night as well. And then the following weekend, May 1st and 2nd, I will be at Flappers in Burbank again, headlining the Yoohoo Room. And guess what? Allison's on that show, too. So a couple chances to see Allison and myself together performing, doing our thing. So come on by. Check that out. But enough of my rambling. Sit back. Enjoy episode 150 of What's for Dinner with Sean Paul. Bye-bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. All right. There we go. Hello, everybody listening out there in podcast land. Welcome to What's for Dinner. And uh, this is exciting. I'm excited because, first of all, I'm broadcasting. uh, Still, I'm aboard the Norwegian Getaway once again. And uh, usually, I'd be doing this in one of the cabins. But today is special. Today, I'm in the green room of the comedy club slash art gallery slash dueling piano club slash storage space i guess
1: slash muster station slash mu- is this a muster station i'm just guessing i'm i could have i wouldn't make sense but it
0: probably is yeah yeah um and uh this is the first time i'm actually interviewing not a comic so i'm very excited i'm sitting here with uh and am- he's uh, an amazing mentalist um he's part of the illusionarium here on the getaway uh this is sean paul everybody hi sean paul
1: hi flip nice. this is, is fun I- this is exciting is this exciting oh yes have you done podcasts before i am um, I've done an interview that became part of a podcast. So, okay, yeah, was it yes. a like a magic kind of podcast? Yes, it was. Oh. Yeah, it was for bu- bizarre magicians. Bizarre magicians? <laughs> yes, it was. They call them bizarists. Is that like a, they're a uh, niche all unto themselves? And I am a proud member of it. Really? Yeah. What, is that uh, just well? Elaborate. There are magicians that um, that deal more with like uh, you ghosts and and you know heavy duty uh, you know a little bit darker storylines and you saw our show the other night yeah we, yeah. we definitely start our act with a with yes with a storyline mm-hmm. maybe a little bit dark you know s- freaks a few people out but you know we you want to start it with some kind of gripping storyline oh yeah because with, with what we, with we do uh it's more about the the why than the how does that make sense? Because most magicians always look, uh, the, ma- the audience looks at him and goes, how does he do that? But we like to lay down a storyline before we even get started talking about... This young lady who's always heard voices ever since she was very young, and they thought that she had an imaginary friend, but it wasn't. She was actually hearing spirits. Right. Or we talk about remote viewing. During the Cold War, the CIA was actually recruiting soldiers and training them to become psychic spies so that they could obtain classified information in Moscow from um you was know it, that movie, Virginia. The Man Who Stared at Goats. Exactly, exactly. So, by the time you lay down a storyline and and tell tell people something, you, like for instance, you already have heard of remote viewing on some level, right? So then, if I told you to take an object of any kind that we're not we have no knowledge of, and you didn't either up until five seconds ago when I made the request, and put it in that box over there and examine that box, cover it up, wrap paper around it, and then we'll come back into the room. And we will remotely view the the contents of that box and maybe draw a picture of the, the the lady's shoe that you put in there or whatever. Right, right. People, it goes beyond the how. They're like, oh my god, I had no idea that remote viewing was like that. Right, right, right. You know, and uh, so the takeaway is a, is a different experience. Well, and you do
0: a you do a form of that in the act on the ship, right? Right, with the um. You by the way if you hear something in the background that's the, there's an art auction actually happening Yeah this happened. is
1: all real this is reality This is in the, the nitty gritty Yeah
0: um but yeah you do where you um I mean it's it's amazing like I've seen I've seen you Juliana I'm realistically for like that was like my fourth or fifth time Oh was it really? This, yeah okay And every goddamn time it's like <laughs> it's like I it, it, it there's no logical way and the, that the, this it, is happening It didn't
1: seem exactly the same either right? As far as uh, I mean, it, there's variety to it because it's all dependent on what the, oh, audience, the audience throws absolutely. us. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, our act is is the only thing that's not. Um, it's not know, a self-contained act. It's you not turnkey. That. Yeah, well, I I feel like I'm I'm doing a fire walk through a minefield in the audience because. You know, there's some drunk personalities. You um, as a comic, you know. You guys yes. realize more what we're up against than the other magicians in, our, in our
0: dressing room. We were I was uh, sitting there when the show with uh, my brothers on the ship and Phil Palisol, mm-hmm. who is uh, the, the other comic. And we were thinking about it just, and I, we were talking about this as we were coming in, that every other magician, the other three, uh, uh, are, like you said. Um, it's turn, a set act. It's a set act. And they yeah. have music. And it's all about the visuals. It's all about, you know, not so much an interaction with the audience, save for a volunteer or two. It's all very visual, very, if any, little uh, vocal. Right. Whereas you guys, it's all dependent on the audience. Exactly. We were thinking, we were just comparing, like, it's just like a comic. If it's a shitty crowd... Yeah, it's, it's like it's it, a real it, struggle. It was a huge struggle, and
1: um, and you know what? Probably the the toughest thing for me isn't necessarily what they're going to throw at me because just for the people who haven't seen our act, which is probably everybody listening to this right now is uh, you know my wife is blindfolded we set up this Victorian storyline that comes out of the spiritual movement where people really believed you know the Ouija boards and the glass moving and all that they'd mm-hmm. have house parties and mediums would come in and they'd all hold hands around the table and they really believed this stuff and uh, um, so Julie sits up there blindfolded after somebody's looked in her ears for the hearing aids or the the Nothing in there. They 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 get a vigorous inspection of the blindfold, and then she sits there and I walk through the audience. People hand me objects and she can sometimes describe them in amazing detail. Just insane detail. Yeah, I mean, I've seen
0: her read credit card numbers right off of a
1: like somebody handed me Buzz Buzz Lightyear. I don't know if you were there that night, no. but yeah, she described that in detail. And um, so I mean, not not necessarily predictable stuff that people would have on them yeah. oh. and even if it is you know there's no way we would know what state they're from or what their birthday is right, right, right. and she just rattles that off and i mean and but but the uh, the, the struggle is not necessarily in what people throw at me but w- towards the end when they're sitting there and they're thinking of a word or a number or the num- name of a dead person that uh, that they they've lost just getting them to speak up in the microphone <laughs> and give us some kind of response because i've literally said do you have a microphone and they're holding it in their hand and they're nodding nodding. yes they're not saying a damn word and it's like well that reads like a big zero to the rest of the room right you know and (laughs) so just getting them to talk loudly enough you know they've got a microphone what more do they need but they just you know so i'm really driving it home all right now you know speak nice and loud and
0: yeah, you're you're kind of like that uh, that coach almost. Like, right, got to talk into mic, kid. Yeah,
1: well, I and I see myself as like this Victorian impresario that's really selling the hell out of the oracle on stage. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be the one that barks at people and tries to elicit the response. She's there just to deliver the miracle. I'm there to say, ladies and gentlemen, give it up and and all that. Have you ever had somebody on the mic like? Uh,
0: maybe especially in the illusionary room, just kind of go what the
1: fuck absolutely and uh, when really? and, and i walk around the mic the the room with a microphone and those are the gems i really hope i catch i mean <laughs> if i if it sounds like they're going to do that i put that microphone in their mouth i want everyone to hear that because that seems so uh reality unscripted like oh you know? absolutely you know yeah. it really drive we'll get a much bigger reaction if we get some holy shits and whatever <laughs> you know yeah
0: I, n- I noticed too that um because it's funny as a comedian like we have a. Uh, if, if somebody says something or if something happens, you kind of have this stock line that's kind of in the back. If, right. uh, you know, like it, the situation has that, you have the perfect line to cover it. I noticed, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was a tissue. Somebody <laughs> handed you tissues. Yeah. And Juliana totally uh, got what it was. And then you followed by going and are, something like. Describe
1: it for me. And she says, it's clean. And I go, I don't think so. You know, and if somebody hands me a diaper, I'll say, Describe it and she'll say it's clean and I'll go, Thank God. You know. So is that one of those things? Well, yeah. And you know, I've actually gotten the note, you know, you need to you need to dial back the comedy. We want you to be mysterious. You know, we've got a comedy act in this show and and whatnot. So Ah. you know, I mean, we really should we're we're here to play up the phenomenon and not the yuck 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 part. But some things I can't resist. No, I don't blame you. And I totally think a little bit of
0: levity uh, sure. balances things out especially in an act where it, it it's it it's presented so grandiose mm-hmm. you know and uh, and the the two of you are just amazing doing it that's just a little bit because i think when pete it's like when it's like seeing a horror movie yeah and you have that like oh my god oh that was so scary and then like the goofy guy comes in and goes hey i brought the beer and he <laughs> spills it and you had that release that, that <laughs> kind of like release of that tension. is that
1: is a good point yeah, yeah that's a very good point and i need there was there was one night though that it was just laugh 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 and i got the note but um you know i try and keep it to three or four jokes And I yeah I think it it does add a nice balance. Um, There was something else I was gonna say um, about that comedy. I don't know it'll it'll probably come back to me. But uh, so you've seen the show about four times now. Uh, Yeah, about
0: four or five times. Yeah, and
1: oh, and the other thing is is we have had we've had people crying so when i'm saying speak nice and loud in the microphone sometimes they can't you know when it comes to the the dead relative which is what we close it out with i mean it's it's you know they just write it down on a chalkboard put it face down nobody sees it we are not they are not coached there's no pre-show oh there's no stooges nothing and julie nails it she writes it down and sometimes they're gasping and sometimes they're getting all crying Crying and whatnot. And how do you deal with something like that? I just hope that the microphone picks up the fact that they're getting all choked up so, and whatnot. So because that. if the crowd doesn't get that vibe, then it's dead. There's nothing there. Right. You know? Oh, that's interesting. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we've had people w- leave the room. Really? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, the staff captain, the old one was on there and there was some people in his party and he handed me his iPhone and Julie said, "Yeah, it's an iPhone and there's it's in a case and there's a flag, the Norwegian flag on the back." And one of the people in the staff captain's party at the table was so freaked up, she got up and left. Really? Yeah. And I live for moments like that.
0: Oh, I could see that. Yeah. That's cool. So That's that's interesting cuz you uh so you're the, the the act uh you don't mind that it evokes
1: uh, like Kind of solemn. Yeah, you know what? I mean, when we started doing the ghosting, because I mean, we've been performing together uh, for like, you know, 15 years. We've known each other for 20 years. We've done illusions and big stuff like that and in some fairly big markets. But then we we moved into the mentalism thing. We transcended it uh, because. Again, that, that why, if, if the storyline is, is, is solid enough and people, they buy into it, even just a little bit, they start wondering if there really is something to it. and we, I do an effect with a voodoo doll, and I know a lot of magicians do, but the one that, that I do, I've not seen anybody else do because I have a guy hardened skeptic sits down I blindfold him and uh, I tell him I'm just going to tap him with this long rod and I just want to make sure he can feel everything and uh, you know so I start tapping his arms his legs and he just points to everywhere he feels it and then the audience sees me take a straight edge razor and slice off a couple of the hairs on his head did you feel that and he says yeah and then I wrap it around the head of the voodoo doll and I go I'm going to do just a few more taps okay and then I take a a needle and I, I push it right into the voodoo doll's right shoulder and the guy at that very moment, points at his right shoulder, and you know I've been doing magic for longer than I care to admit, and uh, like thirty years, and doing Did that you effect start when you were two, yeah, Jeez, right. Great, man. And the and that effect was the first time, I literally saw a large portion of the audience lean forward in their chairs, and like, uh, laughing nervously. Like they're freaked out, you know, because they they've heard of the whole voodoo thing, right? But, but it's supposed to be a big joke, or it's a gag, or it's something out of Scooby Doo. They don't realize, you know. But then there's people that have been to New Orleans and they believe something, something. They know it's there's some serious angle to it somewhere. They right. don't know to what degree. And now they're seeing it in front of them. And I mean, that's the that's the stuff I live for. I was going to say with that that lean in, it's got that's got to be that kind of like adrenaline. Oh yeah, rush. it's like a oh rush. I got him,
0: I got him right at the palm of my hand. Right, and then
1: and then I take off the blindfold. And the guy's just sitting there. He has no idea what the hell just happened. And, I, and it, it's um, as a comic, maybe you can appreciate or relate to this. At that point, the audience all knows what happened, and he has no idea. And I just, I just take off the blindfold. I walk over to my little side table. I look at the guy and real slowly just take a drink of water. <laughs> and it gets a huge laugh. Yep. And I didn't say anything. There's no joke there. It's, no, it's, it's, it's a moment. It's you know? a moment. Exactly. And then the guy's just like, what What? What? the hell's so funny? You know? And he's the only
0: one not in on it. Right. So it's, oh, it's great, especially if he's like the hardened skeptic guy.
1: Exactly. And that's the way I set the whole thing up. It's perfect, man. Yeah, it's perfect.
0: So. Now, uh, now, let me ask you, because I know, uh, again, as a comedian's performer, um, I was a weird little kid. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> comedy was something that um, I was drawn to. And I started, very, I was eight years old. Did you get in trouble a lot in
1: school? No,
0: I was kind of a nerd. I was I was a goody two shoes but Um, I still Did you get a lot of laughs though? I did get a lot of laughs though. Okay. That's the thing. Yeah. Um so what about was this something that like magic as uh, a kid oh kind of absolutely
1: I, yeah i mean when i was in high school i mean i i did a pep rally and i did a, like a, i don't know a 10 15 minute magic act in front of 800 to a thousand kids and it was like a little bit like a rock concert yeah thing. because they'd all see me like stick pencils up my nose and do stuff with coins in my in my desk at the, at the and, you know in class or whatever. And so then they saw, you know, kind of a bigger thing. And, and I did have a little bit of a fan base, which was kind of cool. That's but cool. I wasn't like super popular by any means. We never they, are. Yeah, they just <laughs> knew that they, I was seen as some kind of bizarre anomaly, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, growing up, well, I, I've been doing magic since I was eight years old. I did birthday parties and Cub Scout blue and gold banquets and company picnics when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And uh, you Who know you made good money doing it oh i bet, I bet. You know. and uh, like your influences, david copperfield or well or sure of course you know my my demographic I, he was the big deal on tv at the time so absolutely whenever his specials came on but then later on i really respected lance burton mm-hmm. who's uh you know a, a, a good a big name in our field absolutely he's retired now he did it successfully He did it you know for a couple decades and then He just quit, you know, and now he's just he's just like any other retired guy, but with a lot of money. So, you know, that's something we could all strive for. But I don't know that I'll ever quit. And, you know, what's interesting is, is um, my wife and I got out of illusions uh, when we were both in our uh, early 40s, very early 40s, you know, like as we were going into our 40s, I should say. And um, some people in my business have said, you guys should get an award because you knew exactly when to do it, because. Um, And I don't mean any offense to anybody in my business, but they, you know, the general audience does not want to see a 60-year-old man jumping in and out of boxes with pretty ladies and going ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Right. You know, it really is kind of a younger man's deal. Interesting. So we move into this thing called mentalism and we're doing... you know, uh, my 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 character. I I'm trying to do uh, with the thing that we do right now with the Victorian. I'm I'm shooting for a kind of like an Alec Baldwin meets um, uh, Vincent Price type of oh, a character. You know. Okay. And you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to use my voice the way Alec Baldwin will in some of his characters in movies and whatnot. And I'm definitely going for the Vincent Price character on stage. I can see that. Yeah. You know, um, and hey. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to outgrow that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, in fact, the older I get, the more credible and believable I will Absolutely. be. Absolutely. So, uh, like you a- know, and if I break my leg in St. Martin doing some stupid thing on ATVs or whatever, and I walk on stage with a cane. It does. Act, it's very true. You know. Yeah. So be it. And you should uh, break your leg just for the character. Right. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, a sling wouldn't look sexy, though. Yeah. That Unless it was work.
0: like some kind of uh, If it, if it was bejeweled. Steampunk it up. Steampunk yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then, there, that's yeah, A couple and, of gears on it.
1: And, and gadgets inside there. Now, how did you and Juliana meet? Um, well. It is a kind of an interesting story. I, uh, I got a gig when I was like 24 years old to do a theme park show, and I was got some illusions and whatnot, and so I put an ad in the newspaper. Now, uh, for your younger listeners, this is a piece of paper that people used <laughs> to get their news from, and then if they wanted to buy something or sell something, they would put what's called a classified ad. Not online, not <laughs> Craigslist. It was actually on ragtare paper, right? And, Tell uh, me more, Grandpa. Yeah, right, about right. Newspaper. But it's ridiculous, isn't it? Nobody uses... Oh, no. You news, know, it's a, it's right. sadly a, a, a... Right, and for a guy that likes to rip up the newspaper and t- restore it, you know, <laughs> it's becoming <laughs> I know harder what, and like harder to do. What do you do
0: now, like rip up an iPad
1: and then... Okay, let, let me, I'm going you know, to write, write that down. Write it okay. down. Okay, yeah, torn and restored, or Rip smashed and restored iPad. Yes. Something the kids can relate to. Anyway, <laughs> I put in a classified ad, magician looking for a lovely assistant, needs to look like a Barbie Dawn, doesn't mind having, getting cut in half, and, uh, you know, ha- needs to have some dance experience. And the newspaper thought it was so funny and so hilarious, I'm sure they didn't even want to charge me for it. <laughs> and I got a few phone calls, and uh, she was one of two ladies that I hired for this gig, And uh, we just had this natural chemistry between the two of us. Uh, At the time, we were both seeing different people. But uh, we just stayed in touch for the the next several years. And then I I got a bigger and better gig that was out of state. And even though she was engaged, she wanted to do it. And she did. And by the time the contract was over, she was no No longer longer engaged. engaged. (laughs) Soon to be engaged one more time. You know? (laughs) but um, So that's kind of how that happened. And that was, you know, 99, 98,
0: Oh, wow. So you guys been
1: together... Like a long said, time. Yeah. Almost uh,
0: 20 years, you say? Yeah, yeah. we met in 20 years, 20 years ago. So you guys... so Because like when you're performing, you have a really natural rapport with each other anyway. Sure. And um, uh, I guess that built over the years just from being... Right. You know
1: what? And I mean, there is a trick to what we do when I'm walking through the audience and I say, what's this? And she says what it is. But uh, there's times when I just... I forget that it's a trick, and I, I kind of lose myself with the moment, the way the audience does, and just believe that she can do it, and sometimes she just stands there waiting. <laughs> I, d- I don't suppose you
0: can hint at what the trick might be. I
1: will I will say this. There's no stooges in the audience, and there's no cameras in the ceiling, and there's nothing other th- going on with that blindfold other than it's a black piece of fabric that, uh, you know, impairs her vision so
0: there were because there were two theories okay that uh that i kind of had and i don't know i don't know if i want to put you on if right. about putting yeah. on the spot right now right just because one of them you actually just debunked i thought there might have been some kind of small screen
1: or something in right. the blindfold right
0: but it's a hundred percent pure fabric
1: right yeah i mean yeah that, okay yeah and then that's why we bring somebody up to look at it yeah
0: I right. thought there just might be something that Sure, and you know what,
1: of. we we live in this age where Google Glass exists. Yeah, exactly. Look at the watch I'm wearing, you know. Yeah, I you're mean, wearing the bad This is the Samsung Galaxy gear, and I don't wear this uh, on stage, obviously, because they'd look at it and think that this was part of part it, of, yeah. so, you know. And so um, the act that we're doing came to America from Denmark. Uh, it's 150 years old. Wow. And so oh the, the couple, they were called they were named the Zansigs. And uh, yeah, 1905, they were performing it in America, and uh, and they brought it. Yeah, so I mean, this was before iPhones, Google Glass, you know, even video cameras. I mean, uh, s- did you ever see? Um, oh, what's that? The Prestige. Well, yeah, I mean that's one of my
0: favorite movies. Gorgeous movie. Yeah. Beyond brilliant, just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but uh, Leap of
1: Faith with Steve Martin. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, like- that one. That one really hits home. It hits close to home. As far as like everything the, the that's life going the, on in there. I mean, obviously we don't do anything for money. The, the only way we get make money is if they buy a ticket to be entertained. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. We're, and in fact, um, we have to tell, uh, the audience. I mean, okay. I, I guess I'll answer that question. And then I'll go in a different direction and tell you some other, uh, interesting stuff. But Please. she, um, I have to tell people that she's, they want to see her after the show because they've got questions. They want to. They want to talk to their mom, their dad that passed on. They've got. They've got questions. And after what they just saw, Julie. They have no doubt Julie's going to be able to help them out. And so I have to tell her, tell them. Uh, she's laying down with a cold pack on her on her head. Her act takes a lot out of her, as you can imagine. Oh yes, yes, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is, is we would. It would. You know. We already. When we leave at night, when we're doing a regular show, not here on the ship. We have like an hour and a half worth of work to do after the show. And as far as have people sitting around asking us questions for another hour after the show, I mean. It's just, it's our, eto- yeah. Yeah, it just, it's so it's, uh, and I mean, we're not in the business to do psychic readings. We're in the business to entertain, entertain people. Entertain, absolutely. And, and just yeah. open their minds to different possibilities and things like that. Yeah. But I wanted to just mention that when we're not on the cruise ship, we're in, um, we live in Branson, Missouri. Okay. Party. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Do a few jokes, and then we can move on. All right? It's, 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 that uh, the, that's where Yakov Smirnoff is? Yeah, yeah, and it's the Bible Belt. Actually, it's yep. the buckle of the Bible Belt, mm-hmm. and uh, an act with spirits and ghosts and things may not go so well there, uh, but there is a town about an hour south in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and it's still in the Ozark Mountains, and there's two haunted hotels there, and it's very Victorian, all the, the homes and all the buildings, all the old buildings. It re- In fact, back in the uh, 70s and 80s, when there was a theme park explosion in the country with Six Flags and whatnot, oh, yeah, yeah. they would always send creative teams to Eureka Springs to get an idea for the, you know, the the characteristics of how they wanted to make up their their theme parks. Oh, it's, it's got that much flair, and and uh, so uh, we decided we wanted to do a you know a spiritual ghost theme show in Eureka Springs, and so this is our fifth year doing it. We're in this hundred-year-old building that used to be a church, but it's this old stone building with a, a bell tower and we've converted into like this Victorian salon with crystal chandeliers and Austrian oh, wow. curtains, and it and every magician that comes in is just like, this is badass. Victor- uh, stained glass windows, but no depictions of Christ or anything like that, but there is an all-seeing Illuminati eye, <laughs> you know? And so uh, people say, what church did this used to be? And I'd say, the Fraternal Order of the Illuminati's. Do you see the eye? <laughs> Which works perfect with a show called Intrigue Theater. And so um, that's, you know, we do the voodoo. We do but past life regression routine. We've had people have just a, a, a total meltdown because I'll d- hypnotize them and regress them back. And then they'll come back with, like, physical proof that they were back where they were saying. they have got their spouse writing on a chalkboard all the details that they're sharing with us. And then they come back with proof that they were there. And they just freak the hell out. Wow. And, um, so you
0: do hypnosis as well. Right, yeah. So, wow. Um, so is that... Because um, you said you moved out of illusion and you're kind of into this field like mentalism, hypnosis, hypnosis yeah. So was that when did that become kind of like the uh, the the more passionate part for you? Is it just because well, you reached oh, an age where you? What a away? great
1: question! What a great question! In 1999, we we're about to do our first uh, cruise ship. The Holland America Rhine Dam. We had all these flight cases with big props and everything. And we were playing around with this uh, this routine where Julie's blindfolded on the stage. What, it didn't have anything to do with ghosts. It was just straight-out mentalism. And that was going to be one section that we were going to work on at some point during the cruise and and try and perfect. But when we got there, and it's the first time we've ever worked a cruise ship, Hurricane Irene came through. Oh and our props didn't show up. And uh, they're dropping me off in Cozumel. And I'm going into office supply stores buying envelopes and Ropes and everything that I've ever known over the course of my, what, 12, 15, 20 years of doing magic up to that point and trying to put an act together. And this mentalism all of a sudden got fast-tracked, you know, it, to the easy. top of the top of the list. Cornerstone, yeah. And so uh, we had to make it work. And uh, so it was like 1999 was the first time we did that so Kind of like a happy accident. Well, I mean, it, I, I would... It would be horrific for me to watch a tape of us doing that performance that time, (laughs) although people were blown away. They couldn't figure it out. They were saying, you guys have cameras and stuff like that. We're like, no, not at all.
0: Isn't that amazing? Like, I've had so many shows where I thought, oh, my God, that was awful, and people are coming up, that was fantastic. You were really?
1: Right. And then how about the flip side of that coin when you think – I nailed it. I right. was awesome and nobody will even make Look eye contact. You. Oh. You. Yeah. After the show it's like, "What do you That was awesome. I had a great time." Well, "Hey, hey. Hey, you know, buy buy something." Buy something. Why, you don't why don't you want to buy, buy this? We on. just had a great set. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But 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 when you you stink up the place, it's like they want to all run up and say, "Great job" and rub your face in it. Right. That's yeah. What, yeah, I
0: know that's what it absolutely feels
1: like. Yeah. So so after you did
0: that first show, is it? But as you did, you kind of look at each other and go, "Oh, this." Oh this yeah, is no, Julie. That-
1: Julie was standing up there blindfolded, but just getting a total rush, a thrill, because it was the first time that we had ever done it, oh. and uh, you know, and, and it worked. It. And I even remember hanging out with guest entertainers like yourself in the coffee shop, and they were like, "Okay, this was good. This was good." You know, you might want to do this. He goes, "Honest to God, someday, this is going to be your fucking closer," <laughs> and Man. and. You know, fast forward 15 years later, we're hired by NCL to do just that one act. That's insane. That one act. We do fifteen minutes, and it's just that act.
0: So when you're um, when you're on land, that's just one little part of your yeah. We, act.
1: Our show in in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and I know Arkansas, you can do some more jokes, right? You know, Too you, easy you, well, we you know we judge people in our community based on how many teeth they have, you know, <laughs> and if they wear deodorant. Now they're really upper class, but um, they have more
0: than one Walmart. Uh, they are swimming in it.
1: Oh yeah, right. Um, but this town is is really. It's very charming. It it is almost like a theme park without rides. It's you know, and um, our show is two hours long. Sometimes it's two and a half hours Holy long.
0: Holy sh- intermission!
1: Yes, we have an intermission because we have to sell stuff, right? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we do a thing on the Salem witch trials. I'm working on a routine that has to do with a Salem, uh an asylum, the um, uh, where a uh, tragic story about little, uh, twins, you know, 12 year old girl twins, one died and the other one lived, but she could still kind of hear the voices of her sister. And so they put her into an asylum. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so uh, so we're, cool. uh, we've got, um, I, I'm not going to live long enough to do all the di- ideas for in the show that I want to do. <laughs> Honest to God. Way
0: to be optimistic, Sean Paul.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, even I, I, live to be old and like Vincent Price, I, I I'm always going to have more ideas, you know?
0: Well, that's great. That, and like you said, like, uh, Contrary to Lance Burton, this is you'll never see yourself retiring from. Divorce. I don't think
1: so. You know, maybe slowing down. But right. Never stopping. But never stopping. Yeah. It's like it's, you know, it's that
0: passion in you. Right. I mean, I did it. you
1: see uh, Joan Rivers when she was being roasted on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I saw that on YouTube and uh, she, you know, and it, sadly enough, was just not that long before she died. Actually, did years, die. yeah. but she said, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Comedy needs me. You yeah. guys suck. <laughs> You know, or whatever, and I, I just thought, you know, I, over, you know, as long as I've known her, I've not been a huge fan. But when I saw her towards the end and how feisty she was, oh yeah, that's when I really started to admire her. Oh, the, I
0: mean, there's a great documentary about her called uh, Joan Rivers: A Piece of Work, and it's uh, it chronicles like you know her. This is before she was doing Celebrity Apprentice. It was in that year before when. The career wasn't, you know, over, but it was definitely on the downslope. She had mm-hmm. a lot of open weeks, fill uh, a lot of open weeks on her calendar, and it just showed her still pushing. And she goes to a club in New York and works on her act, and just she's, you know, I I don't remember how old she was like in her seventies, seventies, Tate yeah, and she was still in her. Fucking um, Carlin, a week before he died, was still working in Vegas. Don Rickles still tours. Um, g- George Burns, I think, was even doing something. Okay, that and you know Thursday. what's
1: interesting? Going back to Lance Burton, if you see him right now, he looks he he would come out looking like a Victorian gentleman, huge, just perfect. Uh, I mean, a tailored tux. He did this uh, swashbuckling uh, fencing act where you know against some hooded villain, and then he vanishes and becomes the villain and takes off the thing. Very impressive stuff. And then he retires, and now he looks like Grizzly Adams. Oh, was he really? Yeah. And I and I think entertainers, when they've always got to be working, and, they're, and they they always I think are just a little bit leaner and meaner than anybody else their same age.
0: I could see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because they have to be. They have to be. You have to constantly keep yeah, up.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't get complacent in a cubicle somewhere or mm. even a nice posh office with a window. They don't, no. they're never standing still. No, no. I don't think.
0: No, I think entertainers in general, whether a magician, comedian, dancer, right. artist, um, whatever, we. I, I think we'd rather be doing exactly what our passion is mm-hmm. and you know, be some of us financially here rather than, Giving up what we love to be a little more here financially, you oh, know, sure. I think there's a, it's, it's innate with us within us and it makes us whole. Sure. You know, like you said, you started, I started mm-hmm. when I was eight too. It's one of like, I think you and I are those lucky ones that knew very young. It's uh, what we were going to do. Right.
1: And then I heard Mike Wallace uh, before he died. He said that he feels like he's always learning yeah. and always pushing himself. And he says, you grow until you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's never a point where you're like, did it, done it. No. Here I am. It's never, I've over. arrived. Yeah. Never it's never over. The journey's never over.
0: That's a great thing to say. There's always room to grow. There is always room to right. learn more. And like you said, and, and I think like I, a lot of my friends that I went to high school with that I'm the same age as not that I look fantastic,
1: <laughs> but. Oh yeah. No, you, you look stuff. at their Facebook pages and you're like, like Jesus wow. Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, there, there's something to what you said that it, it keeps us leaner. And, uh, I, th- I think, um, I, know, I think a little still youthful at heart. Cause we, uh, especially with what we do. Well, we yeah, and on just going
1: that. out and having to connect with that audience, that, that, it, it, that's um, a constant challenge. Yes, you can never go out there and just have it given to you. I don't think you have to win them over. Always, you know? and these guys like James Demary. He does six, seven minutes in the show or whatever. I don't know of any act that I could do in six or seven minutes because I feel like I need to build that relationship with an audience. Absolutely, and and build those tracks before we can really move forward.
0: Absolutely, I'm the same way. If I uh, if I have to do an eight minute set, it's oh, so hard. It's like it's a showcase set, so you have to know how to do it, but. I like I'm this I, I need I would 12 at the minimum 15 perfectly for a short set or an hour just to have fun right you know but it's uh it's 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 really cool to see that there is that kind of a uh, similarity and no matter what field of entertainment you're doing where there's still that connection with the yeah audience. I mean
1: I'd like to get you know like sugar blues I'd like to get his opinion on that as well as far as what he feels it takes to you know get a uh connect with the audience yeah. how quickly he but the music is a different deal I was just thinking that like it is a different deal because yeah you can see one of these male vocalists come out there and if they just sing the right song you've already the, the tracks are built in right because right. they all have a memory of with that wing, ben, wind beneath their wings exactly. or whatever the song is and exactly. so there, there's an instant connection you know um So no, I think it's a little easier for them.
0: Yeah. And I think with also a musician, especially in a band, if the crowd's not there, you could just play the music to yourself. Just look at everybody else and go, okay, we're in this together. And yeah, we're doing our job and we're getting paid. And we're just, you know, we we could we could just play in jam by ourselves and the audience doesn't even matter at this point. But with, I think, acts like you and I, we need that connection. And if it's not there, like that's it's like sometimes when I was in the illusionarium and I heard people, I hear people talking. Yeah. And, like, I was sitting next to my brother, and, like, um, I think it was, I'm not sure, I don't think it was during your uh, set, but at the beginning with Cody and uh, Kristen and uh, Andrew, and people are still talking, I just, I just go, and I'm like, shh, shh. And my brother's like, what is it? I go, they just won't shut up, they don't right. respect what's going on up there. And yeah, wow. I
1: think the seating for dinner is, is, is really the biggest distraction, Yeah, and uh, that's what pulls their focus away, I think, you know, because people eat while they're talking. But you, know. well, you
0: but you got that nice sweet spot to where they haven't they, they just finished the main course mm-hmm. and they haven't quite got dessert yet. Right. So you so I think that's perfect at least for you guys. So they're not everybody's not looking down and trying to they're right done with their meal. They're just kinda letting yeah, it. Yeah, Losander would always
1: come back venting about that, how everybody's just cutting their steak. And I mean, I, I've said, why can't they do like a kind of a dim sum thing, which is just like potstickers and egg rolls and make them put them in these cool steampunk, you know, canisters or whatever that people don't have to really think about eating, uh, that's you know, true. Or but finger food kind of thing. What the hell do I know? Well, apparently yeah. you guys know a lot because you uh, <laughs> can read
0: my. <mine. laughs> well. Sean Paul, dude, thank you so much. for Hey, Flip, down this and has talk. been a lot then, of fun. Uh, same over here. Uh, where can people find you and Julia?
1: IntrigueTheater.com. dot com. That's IntrigueTheatre.com. our website, .com. and and we um, you know we do travel outside of Eureka Springs as well. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but we'll be there this summer from like late May through mid August, and then uh, possibly there for uh, the Halloween season, but maybe going to a bigger market for Halloween. Oh, very cool. cool.
0: So. Well, definitely check them out online. Do you have a Twitter or anything?
1: Uh, no. Well, we're on Facebook, Intrigue Theater, so
0: findintriguetheater.com and on Facebook. Yep. And guys, you know where to find me. Flip is funny.com at Flip Schultz on Twitter. What's for dinner and at WFD podcast on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever
1: on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their
0: minds. Talkin',